0: Welcome to Amiga Ireland. It's our October episode. I'm Irla. I'm Rob. And I'm Luke. In today's episode, a gaming notification system for Amiga Ireland 2020.
1: Uh, I have a look at some uh, keyboard layouts and locale and how all that fits together.
2: And an interview with recently developed and released Eyebrows 2.5, Oliver Roberts.
0: And that's as well as all our usual news, games, and reviews. Before we get started,
1: how are you doing, lads? Tired. Uh, just, just back last night from from holidays. Now we were in uh, Centre Parks for a few days. If you've never been, it's one of those ideal family holidays, you know, for young kids and stuff. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But absolutely shattered as well now <laughs> from it. But yeah, there's uh, one of them. It, this was in the UK, of course, but there was one of them just after opening in Longford, and it's uh, just a brilliant, thing for for little kids if you need a little break. Other than that, I have this digital clock project that I, I basically drew up the design for it about 20 or 25 years ago, back in the day when I drew it with a pen and paper. Sent it in as a submission to an electronics magazine as a sort of, you know, every month they'd show up, you know, readers' designs. Cool. And I sent it in, and they rejected it because it was too complicated. <laughs> <And so laughs>
2: they sent, sent it back to me. What irony! Too, Come on, really? Too big to
1: print.
0: <laughs> yeah. Split it over four issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but they, they were very nice, and you know, sent me a nice letter with all tips and stuff like that. So, I never built it in the end. I sort of recently, sort of rediscovered it, and decided I'm going to build it now. And so in the meantime, I've greatly simplified the design by using a, like a little microcontroller instead of loads of logic chips. So uh, so I'll be working on that. Looking forward to, to finishing that off.
0: Cool. Looking forward to seeing the results, especially for such an old project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've been um, unexpectedly dabbling in hex files. Um <laughs> I, um, uh, the last time I saw a hex file was a couple of weeks ago. I was using, uh, John Gervin's, um, application on Aminet for, uh, sort of decoding Frontier Elite save game files. Basically wanted to recreate an old save file I had. But, um, the hex really is, is hard to, like, it, on, at first look, hex files are, look more intimidating than code because there's no apparent grammar or structure or anything. It's just a load of hex. Mm. But turns out it's actually, um, it's actually easier than that if you have access to the application. So more recently, I've started uh, playing around with something else and I'll probably go back to Frontier Elite again afterwards. And uh, if you have the application, just save a file with nothing done. You you just get this very small file and you get to see what the header looks like maybe and what the footer and then slowly introduce stuff and you can really decode what it is. Um, so I'm finding it actually easier than working with, say, someone else's code. Um, so that's just something I never expected to happen. <laughs> So, um, I spent quite a bit of time doing that. Um, other than that, I've been getting Duke Nukem 3D up and running on the Amiga. Um, there's an AGA version that was available a while back that I found, and it was one of my favourite games on the PC. So, it's cool that it's mm-hmm. available for the Amiga. And I've been setting up um, a notification system for Amiga Ireland 2020. So, you know, people are usually running around trying to get the next people for, say, Swass or Stunk Carries or whatever we're playing, um, Speedball. So now I'll be able to give whoever's hosting a game, if I know about it in advance, I'll be able to um, give you a little um, app on your phone or a web page you can visit with a button. And when you tap it, um, uh, the the logo for the game will come up on the projector screen with um, a notification saying next players go to your, you know, whatever. So hopefully it'll help with uh, throughput and stuff like that. We'll see how it goes.
2: It's awesome. How about you, Luke? Great idea. Great idea. Nice. Right. um, My primary focus is on um, RetroReady.one, and the eBay account for RetroReady as well. So I've been, like, tinkering with pictures, trying to upgrade the descriptions, and uh, apart from that, sending a lot of packages as well. So uh, it's boring, but it's rewarding at the same time. (laughs) good Good stuff and actually
0: I was um, I was googling retro already recently and you've come up you come up in a lot of places
2: oh really I didn't know that that's 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 (laughs) nice to hear thank you you're cropping up all over the place that's really good that's really good I'm really glad about it even though I haven't noticed that myself (laughs) right I'll send you a screen grab sure (laughs) (laughs)
0: let's uh, let's move on to the news A pre-configured Aros development environment has been released. You can download and run this in VMware Player. The build environment for Aros, it runs on Linux. So for some people, there's two hurdles. One is setting up Linux and the other one is setting up the development environment. But for this one, now, if you have VMware
1: Player, just download this thing and run it and you can just start coding. Nice. Um, AmigaKit have acquired the rights to the AK data types or data types, depending on uh how you, how you look at it? These are a set of data types for OS3 that um, they're like you know heavily optimized and they. are they took advantage of things like higher end processors and, and their you know PC code and stuff like that as well. So they're very good if you had an expanded Amiga. So you know for for decoding JPEGs and things like that with uh, you know as, as fast as your hardware could handle. I'm not entirely sure what the plan is for them, but uh, I would assume that they're going to be involved in a, sort of an enhancer package for the 68K Amigas. You know, that's, I think that's been on the cards for a while and hasn't shown up yet. So maybe maybe part of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Regarding data types, there are also um, what that by Oliver Roberts, the mm. uh, developer of IROS uh, 2.5, I strongly suggest getting them because I think, for the time being, they are the quickest data types. Especially if you have like a, you know, like a heavily upgraded Amiga or Amiga Power P- with PowerPC, they do mm-hmm. the job really well. Especially you know like the graphics stuff. You know, I've got them as well. They've been implemented into. Uh, eyebrows 2.5 as well so they are really really heavily optimized just another a little bit of uh, regarding data types all uh, right um another news item is um hippo player IR it's an article by Marek hatch a Polish developer who actually has built an IR remote control for HypoPlayer. player <laughs> so uh, um you know that um, modules player, mm-hmm. the hippo player. It's really nice and handy, but you can actually build a remote control, and you can um, switch modules using that remote control, which is pretty handy, I, I think. The-, the link will be in the show notes, of course, and uh, all the all the stuff is uh, available <laughs> at GitHub.
1: Yeah, so it's it's nice open source thing. And it, it's a clever little solution because it has a it uses a little AT um, mega chip or so, something like that, mm-hmm. a small microcontroller yeah. to decode the remote and send the codes via the serial port.
2: Yeah, that's right. And there's also a video of, of Marek showing it, how it actually mm-hmm. works and uh, how nice it actually works.
1: Yeah, I built something like this a while ago. It was basically a, an off the shelf, probably almost the same thing. It was basically a microcontroller that. Mm-hmm converted remote control codes into serial codes and now i use that for my mp3 player but mm-hmm. th- for whatever reason that board disappeared and i wasn't able to get it anymore so i have one of them and i was like looking to buy another couple for other projects and couldn't get them so uh this is kind of an open source version of the same thing and it's that's uh definitely worth a look
2: okay i'm glad i'm glad then sysinfo
0: has been updated to work with apollo core 68080 and they've also released a new adf version and the reason this is news is because the adf version has been actually in the works for at least two years anyway looking back to when the developer wanted to create a floppy version Um, the issue was that sysinfo required set patch to work properly on many configurations and a a license basically was required and able to in order to be able to do that that must have been taken care of now because the ADF uh, version is available for download it's a testing version though it's not considered necessarily final yet but it's available so yeah and use this info
1: it needed to set up the cpu properly and you know load the cpu libraries and stuff and that's that's what Setpatch was doing so they must be either doing that manually or figured out some other work around but that's that's awesome! It's everyone's favorite uh, red and yellow graph program <laughs> benchmarking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And similar vein, the Vampire V4. Briefly talked about it last month. Was uh, you know it was it was announced, but um, basically it's going to be available to buy as a special pre-order bundle at Amiga Thirty Four in Germany. So that's that's happening in a couple of weeks. Twelfth, thirteenth of October, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Something like that.
2: Germany, um, definitely. Yep, yeah,
1: You know, obviously it's a huge, huge Amiga show. You can pre-order your Vampire and collect it there if you're if you're going. And it's €549 Euros for a bundle with the Vampire, a small case and a keyboard and power supply and a couple of other bits like that as a special bundle for the Amiga 34 release. So uh, after that, it'll go on a more general release. It'll be out in the wild in a couple of weeks, it looks like.
2: A lot of standardised Magic WB icons have been released to AmiNet. If you're a fan of uh, Magic WB icons, just like for example me, I like them a lot because they've got this uh, minimalistic approach. They don't consume a lot of uh, memory. They are very quick. Uh, you can find them on AmiNet, download them, and uh, install them. They look pretty nice, even though they've got that you know, like a 90s, uh, 90s uh, feeling. Absolutely.
1: It's difficult to do better with eight colors, you know. And if you've got an eight-color workbench, which is you know kind of your optimum for efficiency, you know. This is this is what i u- yeah. yeah,
2: this is what I've been using on my O30. So I can I can actually mm-hmm. feel that the system is pretty quick and snappy. A new CDTV
0: reference guide is taking pre-orders now. This is a comprehensive guide to Commodore CDTV software titles. Over 190 titles are cataloged with screenshots and box art. There are 150 images in total and lots of other information on the discs and um, it's a guide intended for people who are interested or collectors some of the features of the book are that it has catalogued all of the known existing CDTV releases it has also included cancelled CDTV titles there's 130 of those my god (laughs) there's a new wave section to find out what recent releases there are as well the section on some rumours and myths about other releases and there are some statistics that you might not have known about this is 20 pounds sterling or 22 euro that would be to the rest of us and pre-orders are happening right now so you can follow our link
2: in the show notes. Right, another one whatever I think of a curiosity because it's a FLAC codec for 68k Amiga I don't think even, you know, like Vampire or even the upcoming, you know, like Warp 2060 Accelerator Bob can handle this because FLAC is pretty heavy so, mm. I presume that this is, um, you know, like a release mainly for UAE, because I, I don't see a glimpse of a chance even of, you know, like a native yeah. Amiga running it, actually. Pretty interesting, but, uh, still, while a, a lot of raw power. I
1: have to try that out mm. now.
2: See what it's about? Yeah. 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 Right, and we've got another one. It's web radio plugin for MorphOS that allows you to listen online radio on MorphOS machine. It adds a button top of your toolbar. Pretty quick, snap and snappy. If you're using MorphOS, you might be interested in using that one as well. And you like Mm. online radio. The last item in our news section is
0: Zeta FTP server for OS4. A new version has been released supporting a wider array of clients and fixing some bugs. Purpose of this server is to provide secure private FTP over SSL and TLS. This has been created so that it's easy to set up, and it also supports multiple simultaneous transfers at different speeds, if I'm reading that right. The price range seems to be between 47 and 188 euro on the page I visited. Okay, let's move on to the games. Super Capacitator is a new game previewed by Jojo, you, you'd know possibly from his um, great deluxe paint um, artwork online. And he's um, created the artwork for this game too on deluxe paint. And uh, you can follow Jojo73 on Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. It looks like a fun little game. It's early days, but you basically play this little capacitor running around in, in a platform game inside uh, computer hardware.
1: Vegetables, is a, it's, a, it's a tile-based game. Where you uh, have to match three in a row of t- or three touching squares of different vegetables, basically, you know, it's a similar idea to uh, a lot of the different kind of Tetris-type or Columns games, but it's not a, it's not a drop-down. Basically, you've got a full grid and you swap tiles, match up your your three in a row. Yeah, so this was released a little while ago for the C64, and you can buy it for the C64, but now it, um, the developers added an Amiga version. So it's ported the same game to the Amiga, and it looks looks lovely. It's all very nice little pixel graphics. So you can buy the C64 version, and you get the Amiga version as a as an extra download as well.
2: Right, another one is a Bomb Jack Deluxe uh, for C64. It's a Beta 6, and it's an upgraded and updated version of a Bomb Jack for C64 with a really nice graphics and uh, uh, music. I think... The 1986 version that I remember for C64 was pretty good, and I really remember the music itself, which was, uh, I think, Jean-Michel Jarre, as far as I remember, and I really, really enjoyed that game. So, uh, why not have a look at the new Deluxe version? Text
0: Adventures, the great equalizer of all platforms. Um, There's a new text adventure released called Hibernated 1, This Place is Death. This supports the Commodore 64 and Amiga, but interestingly, the developer supported a lot of other platforms um, Atari, Spectrum, Mac Linux, and HTML, which is a clever addition, actually. It looks nice. You can go and check it out. It's got a very, uh, very nice dark uh, atmosphere, perfect for the uh, winter we're all heading into.
2: Hokuto Force um, is a group of guys who mainly do demos and make demos, actually, uh, but, but, They've recently released an intro for C64. And that intro is actually an intro to Another World. And it's a port of Another World game. So we've got the intro. We are waiting for the game now. <laughs> I know it is possible to do it on C64. C64 is really great. So, guys, keep up the good work. <laughs> there have been you know, like um, a lot of attempts to actually port Another World in the past. For C sixty four, but in my opinion, this one is really the best.
0: And there was mm. that attempted flashback too that we saw the abandoned attempt.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I've I've even you know, like commented on one of their forums and the Facebook uh, uh, group. So guys, you've got the another world. Next step flashback and I posted that uh, (laughs) link to c64 games that weren't to show them that they are really capable of doing that actually dodgy rocks by Nivrid
0: games has been released and an amiga version is being discussed at the moment the game is currently available for mac windows and linux and it's something like two or three euro to buy um online so it's it's virtually free the developer has said on twitter they're tempted to make an amiga version and to bring it to amiga ireland in 2020 that's pretty cool, isn't it
1: yeah absolutely yeah. um I can't promise anything but i'm looking at it <laughs> so uh <laughs> hopefully over the cold and long winter or evenings i'll i'll get somewhere with it but yeah it's it's a lovely little game it is and it, it plays it plays like a simple well i' say simple mobile game, but there's a little bit of depth to it, definitely an interesting little game but it's it's all drawn in oh sixteen color pixel you know pixel art and it so it it should be a pretty straightforward to uh to get the engine running on the on the Amiga, so well it's it, it's developed with a you know a heavyweight framework for PCs and uh, you know modern platforms. So when I say an engine, I mean like a from scratch implementation. But we'll we'll give it a go.
0: Fair play, Rob. That's gas. We'll I give it a go. When I heard that that, that, that somebody had, had gotten in touch, I, I didn't realize it was you. So <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's gas. Yeah, I've got a, Alan to blame for that one.
0: Oh, <laughs> Hi, brilliant. <Alan>. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, Alan. Yeah, good instigator of, of things in Amiga Land.
1: Yeah, yeah, but uh, like I said, no promises because uh, my time is not my own. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, understand. But we'll see. We'll see how we get on. I just bought it today, um, and it is a really good game. There's a nice few um, little different game mechanics to change the way that you might choose to control your player, and um, it's kind of got that. You know some really good games like you know the paper plane on the Commodore 64. There's a sort of a simple Mm -hmm. theme that people can get around, Mm -hmm. and it's perfect for competitions. Like if you're stuck for time and you there's some job that you need done that is delegatable, shoot (laughs) shoot me a line (laughs) and (laughs) I'll try and figure it out. You know, (laughs) yeah.
1: We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. My
0: confidence levels have gone up since I figured out the hex. How to decode
1: the hex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. sure you never know. Okay. So next we've got Rockball, which is a, an asteroid, cl- Asteroids clone. I mean, it, you, we all know Asteroids and that, but this is a, a nice a nice clone that's basically never released on the C64 until now. So now you can go and have a look at that. It looks, it looks like a nice version.
2: Even though it's from 1983, as far as I remember. Yeah. Right. Okay. And another little bit of a game for C64. It's Bubble Bubble. Just a small fix, but very essential. You know. Continue to play fix. And uh, when you when you play as a one-player game with Bubble Bubble, sometimes uh, you get a game over screen, even though you have credits. This fix this fix helps to fix that actually so if you like that game from 1987 uh, try it and uh, enjoy it maybe you will be able to finish it this time okay let's move on to discoveries My
0: first discovery um, is actually about Super Space and in- well Space Invaders in general. So we have Super Space Invaders on the Amiga, uh, is is one of the Space Invaders um, clones that we have. Um, and Space Invaders is well known for you know the aliens speeding up uh, as the level progresses. You know, so you might clear your first row or two, and then they start to move faster and faster. Um, so but actually, that was just like a hardware fluke. Basically, when it was originally created, as there were fewer sprites to uh, deliver and process on the screen there was more processing power available by the (laughs) hardware so it just naturally sped up and it was initially considered a problem but then uh, they decided well let's leave it because you know, it's 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 a it feature gets now, harder and up. harder. Yeah, it yeah, was a bug now. The just feature. So um on the on the Amiga, obviously, <laughs> that would be um, explicitly coded to speed up, and mm-hmm. all the versions actually that you play anywhere now will have that explicitly. But I thought that was just a fascinating piece of uh, that gaming history there. Um, that's awesome.
1: All right.
3: Yeah,
0: I wonder about the pet version though. I haven't seen the pet
2: version yet. Um, I think I've seen uh, the pet version recently, you know, like on the uh, Norwich uh, Amiga. A gaming festival there was uh, there w- the, the really? there, were, there were girls yeah and, and i remember it i don't remember whether it's sped up as well to be honest but i mm. I've, I've seen the version for pat yeah. And th- that version on the
0: pet, it was written by Commodore, and I can't find out anywhere who the original author was because it would be interesting to talk to them. But um, they don't seem to be credited um, anywhere online anyway. I don't know if they're credited on the game itself and it loads. Actually, so if you do see it again, I'd be curious to see if there's a, c- a credited author anywhere other than just Commodore, you know. It's mm-hmm. probably yeah, some poor
2: student <laughs> working on an internship. <laughs> Right, uh, my discovery is an interview with Oliver Roberts, who is a developer of Eyebrows 2.5. And uh, the interview was uh, conducted by AmigaNews.de, uh, so it's in both languages, it's in German and it's in English. So uh, pretty interesting stuff, to be honest, um, so uh, why not have a look? Okay, nice. this next one comes
0: in from Clearcast, a.k.a. Moadib. So thanks for the tip, Moadib. And also, actually, anyone else who wants to send a tip uh, for gaming news or any other section, something that's new or something you've discovered, um, just email us at info.amigayusers.ie and we'd be happy to include it. Um, this one is Evil's Doom, uh, which is an intriguing game from Croatia. And um, Moadib pointed this one out to me. The graphics on this are absolutely stunning. Like there is no game that um, surpasses this for graphics. And it's got a very uh, interesting and slightly sad story behind it. Um, the graphics are incredible by Amiga standards. It's a real-time dungeon crawler. And it was made in the late nineties by um a talented team from Croatia, but it actually ended up being abandoned and um some say that this was because of the looming demise of the amiga platform and and some say that it was due to bugs but on indie retro news um they actually say that the the prime reason was because the betas that were sent to the Amiga magazines got so widely leaked that they didn't think they had any um, chance of recouping their costs if they proceeded with development and they abandoned it because of those leaks. Um, The developers halted the project and abandoned the platform entirely. So um, that's a pretty um, shocking story. But it's actually available now and you can check out the link in the show notes.
2: Very, very good game. Very popular uh, as well in Poland in the late 90s. Um, There have been like Numerous patches for that game And I think they are still floating around the internet hmm. uh, You could get stuck because of Those bugs in that game uh, But still The game is worth checking out Because it's really really good Especially if you like RPG type games And our theme, uh, for today's podcast, uh,
0: is hail mm. to the king, baby. Duke Newcomb <laughs> 3D AGA. I spotted online and this is actually out quite a while, but, um, you can run Duke 3D on your AGA Amiga and you don't necessarily have to have, um, an accelerator and you don't necessarily have to have a dedicated graphics card, you can an 060 machine alone will run it. Um, or if you have 040, then um, a dedicated graphics card will bring you up to speed. And obviously, emulation is fine as well. So um, the requirements then beyond that are 64 megs of fast RAM. You need AHI installed, which you can get from um, AmiNet. You need the 3.1 ROMs um, and you need a copy of uh, Duke Nukem 3D for the PC, uh, just for the data files, and it must be the atomic version. So I actually had this running, but um, not with 060 because there was something wrong on my emulator with 060. So I finally got the 060 set up working and there was something else wrong and the game won't even run at all in 060 mode, so um, it's an it's an amazing game. It's one of my the few games on DOS that I would, um, yeah, from PC that I would miss. Um, along with probably Sky Roads and, uh, Destruction Derby. I'd say they were the early games we the most fun playing. And, uh, so it's cool that you can play this, um, relatively easily on the Amiga. Um, you can get a Duke Nukem Atomic Edition very easily. You can buy it for next to nothing or uh, find it elsewhere. So,
1: but it was effectively like taking the mick out of Doom. You know, that was ki- that was kind of where it came from. But, um, I, I always remember it was, was it the controller out button was for, was for kick. So you could use left, left alt for kick with your left foot and right alt for kick with your right foot. But you, can pre- you can press both them at the same time, so you're you're running along with your both your legs up in the air.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. I never tried it's, that. You know, it's stupid,
1: possible. but it is, it just, it's just a sticking memory of it. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. So that is brilliant. Brilliant yeah. game.
0: The uh, the adventure kind of quality of it was huge. I mean, like diving underwater and finding a submarine and opening a hatch and getting into the submarine and whacking mm. a button and and just it was just amazing. It was like a Hollywood blockbuster, and Telecommando Kertzuluk. This is a game published by Deutsche Telekom as a promotional game for their company. It was developed by the art department, and you play a telecom service worker who has to repair a video conferencing connection at the headquarters of the company. Like, this is absolutely brilliant. Like, Amiga development tied in with the brand of the um, company trying to promote themselves. <laughs> Um, so it turns out there's been some sabotage and everything, um, from the air conditioning to the lifts and the phones have been put out of actions. And you just have your mobile phone and a toolbox to help you figure out. And, um, I, this is one I haven't installed. I, I was watching it being played online. It really looks like fun. Um, and I don't remember much of my German from secondary school, but actually, I, I think you could, if you have secondary school German, you could, um, probably even play it with the German setting. Yeah, but it's a nice point-and-click mm-hmm. cartoon thing, very well executed, and I'd never come across it before. The
2: only German games that I've heard that were were um, Bing, I think that was the one. Now, when you're um, a director of a ger- of a hospital, mm-hmm. actually, oh. you you have to run that game. I've seen also a couple of attempts to translate it to actually to yeah. to English, but uh, none of them have been finished but the game itself is pretty funny and I it's got great graphics yeah
0: just from seeing pictures of it yeah, it looks very funny
2: yeah <laughs> yeah, that's right yeah I'm sure you've seen that because the graphics is really good <laughs> <Okay. Bing>. <laughs> <laughs> that was news to me as
0: well ok let's move on to events there's actually a lot happening in events Retro Bitfix 4 is on October 26th, and it's from noon until midnight. It's 150 uh, Norwegian units of currency, uh, which is about 15 euro here. So it's um, it's not much. Naesaden Amiga User Group, in collaboration with Bitrig Fix makerspace community, and they're meeting in Naesaden's new makerspace. Feel free to bring your retro computers or console. There is, as usual, the opportunity to fix broken hardware, participate in retro gaming contests, retro quizzes, and other activities, and uh, I actually recognize some of the people in the photographs from Amiga Ireland, <laughs> which is cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to be there, actually. Um, yeah, it's a very nice-looking
2: space, though. It looks like it's perfectly set up for makers. Next event is Lans Corona, and it takes pla- uh, place in Sweden. Um, during the October 1st, 2019 hosted by Syntax Society and it is um, going to start on the 27th of October and finishes on the 29th so if you're in Sweden or around have a look. I'm sure you will enjoy it Cool.
1: I think I should mention as well the big one is uh, like Amiga 34 which is you know celebrating the 34th anniversary of the launch of the Amiga that's taking place in Mm. Germany in a week and a bit so yeah nice nice, yeah Yeah. nice it's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so that's over uh, sort of Dusseldorf direction. Um but um yeah it's that's the week after next, so it's basically sort of a week and a half uh twelve, thirteen, fourteen, that weekend anyway. Um but yeah, that's a the big, big one. So um if you happen to be anywhere nearby, give it a look. Actually I'm not sure if tickets are available, I think that was sold out. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> beg at the door. <laughs> But uh, anyways, um, for our own uh big one, the Amiga Ireland 2020 show, we've actually sold 25% of the tickets already, which is, um well, for, this is for the first, this is for the meal on the first night. So this is uh you know, this is, this is a pretty excellent uh, take up rate so far. So uh, yeah, get, make sure you get in on that if you're, if you're interested.
0: Yeah, and a big thanks as well to everyone who donated along with their um, tickets. Donating is totally optional, uh, you don't have to do it. And um, mm-hmm. so, thanks to Lee, Edwin, Ian, Erlandal, Paul, Martin, and Shane. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Okay, let's go on to Ask Amiga.
1: Okay, so uh, there was a question on uh, the Retro Computing Stack Exchange basically asking about changing keyboard layouts and you know how, how to do it. Because uh, what's happened is in the early days of the Amiga, uh, like so. Kickstart one workbench one point up to 1.3 days. There was a, a command that was used in the startup sequence for setting your key map. So you'd set, you know, it was set map GB, set map USA one, set map PL or whatever, you know, to, to change the key map, you'd have to go in and edit your startup sequence or type the command and, and uh, do it manually. So when workbench two came along, they changed the system entirely and basically it's sort of it's almost like a little driver that describes how the keyboard is laid out. So these little files are called, uh, key maps and they're stored in the devs directory in the devs drawer in a, in a key maps drawer. So it's, it's like, like the DOS drivers, like, uh, you know, the monitor drivers and all that kind of stuff. Basically you drag them into the drawer and that they become available to use. The problem was that, uh, the workbench floppy disks only came with you know, sort of the USA in key map or in ROM actually. So everything else was on the storage disk. So if you, if you didn't do full hard disk install, you probably wouldn't have access to any, any of the other key maps. So most people just went with the default key maps because, you know, not many people had hard drives. But, um, with a full hard drive install, you've got all these key maps that are in the storage folder. So when you go into the prefs, they might still not actually be there. So to get them to show up, you take them from the key maps folder in storage and put them in the key maps folder or drawer in, in the devs drawer. And so, and then once you do that, the preference program for choosing your input will, uh, will list all the available key maps and you just click on it and test it there and then, or use it or save it, you know, the the way the, the Amiga prefs work. So, so that, that's, that's how the keyboard layouts are handled. And it's actually totally independent from the locale system, which is what sets the languages for, for uh, the, Software, including Workbench, and that's basically from Workbench 2.1 and up. Um, it, it's a system for subbing in the strings. So if you have a, like, let's say the, you know, your menu entries in your, in your software, you can define them as strings that are substituted when the program's loaded. So it's, it's almost like a runtime, uh, uh a runtime linking of, of your language with the, la- a separate language file that's, that you provide with your software. So it lets, it lets software automatically and dynamically set itself to the, to the language that's selected on the computer. Um, but that is sort of, it's, it's an independent system. There, there are a couple of exceptions where it's sort of, uh, uh, it, it kind of, it causes like problems, like, um, when you've got, um, I think that the Polish layout is a bit funny. Now Luke would know a lot more about that, but isn't, isn't it the case that the Polish layout changes depending on the locale you have set? Or am I imagining that?
2: To be honest, I don't remember, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh the the thing is I don't use Polish locales, <laughs> you enough. know. I use yeah, English yeah. ones. Really? Because I was brought up in t- in times when there were no Polish locales at that time and all the systems were in English. So when they started to appear it started to appear around ninety I don't know, nineteen ninety Six or five, they all look to me like strange mm. in my native language. So I still, I I still, just even though, you know, like I'm a native, native speaker of Polish, I still have all my systems <laughs> in English.
1: Fair enough. There you go. So, um, my only, uh, experience with it, with it is on OS four, actually. And with that, you do have to set the character set. So, you know, you have to, you have to set that to include the Polish characters. And only then will the keyboard actually match what Output you get. So, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of interaction between the locale and the keyboard layouts, but generally they're, they're two separate systems and you can have, like, like, like Lucas, you can have a Polish keyboard layout with the, with your English programs mm-hmm. or vice versa, you know? So, um, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a clever system, um, for both of them, you know, but it is, it, it did make a dramatic change between like Workbench 1 and Workbench 2. And so if you were only ever used to typing in Workbench 1, that'll be a big uh you know you might be wondering well you know what's what's changed where does where, where do the settings go now but uh yeah it's all nice and pointy clicky now yeah uh, when i say now since 1990
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's interesting i remember um uh, i used the dvorak keyboard layout um mm. because i used to get really bad rsi in college Yeah, I remember uh, yeah. really bad rsi where i couldn't open my car door <laughs> at one point um or carry shopping bags and stuff like that. So I switched to Dvorak and uh, the problems all went away. I was able to type quickly and mm. I never had a problem since with RSI. But, um, and as a
1: bonus, no one else can use your computer. <laughs> that's true, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Security through obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got the Amiga, initially it was a bit of a bummer uh, using the QWERTY layout as printed, but um, I, it wasn't that hard. I forget how we did it. Like, is there, there's probably a Dvorak layout available in storage there.
2: Yeah, there is. There is Dvorak layout available for mm-hmm. Amiga as, as well. That's it's part of the right.
1: standard in distribution as well. Uh, so it's there from the start. That's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's... um. Uh there are a couple of good uh, editors for editing locale files, which are you might find quite useful um mm-hmm. so oh what is it um Simple, simple cat. cat. That's exactly the one. Yes. That's, that's simple the one I was cat. using that's a lot. That's
2: the best. I've been using it's, that it's one. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. This is what I've been using a lot. Of. Yeah. It's very good. I was up, uh, I was doing a translation from Polish to English using mm-hmm. simple cat, you know, for a lot of programs as well. Even <laughs> for myself.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, <laughs> really a very good bit of software and it's very intuitive and it can import and export yeah? almost any format of locale file and stuff like that. So it'd be very easy to get, uh, you know, to, to do some Irish catalogues for for software
0: okay let's move on to online activity our top tweet this month was the announcement of the tickets for Amiga Island 2020 going on sale and on Facebook well last time it was Seamus's post of Monkey Island versus Simon the Sorcerer and I I see (laughs) Monkey Island came out a clear winner there but after the podcast some people (laughs) jumped on to defend Simon the Sorcerer so that was funny so this time Stuart Keith tops the poll with a question on the RF mod and uh, actually you were interacting there Rob (coughs) Matt Leibody's post on the boxed copy of uh, Frontier Elite that he bought and Seamus Doyle's post on favourite strategy games for Amiga okay let's see what strategy games Seamus uh, put in his list if I can even (laughs) Battle Isle Civilization UFO Vikings Lords of the Realm Colonization rampart deuterus the next millennium deuterus yeah very good one reunion and worms the director's cut alan says colonization deuterus paul says uh oh, we should have settlers megalomania and lemmings two player in there <laughs> uh lucas Muchinski, civ and ufo missing dune 2 and syndicate let's see brenda stones north and south was good cool
1: and it shows you the difference when I mean, you have uh, worms and civ- civilization in the same category. It's a bit—you <laughs> see, there's an awful lot there that the Amiga had uh, covering a sort of a, a wide yeah. Yeah. variety of uh, approaches to that. Yeah, good games. The only one of those I've played actually is um,
0: Lemming, is Worms. But I've seen <laughs> UFO in so many places now. I just think, God,
2: I have to. Oh, UFO's I have great to go on every platform. I'm really surprised that no one actually mentioned Napalm, Mm. which is, you know, like a really great uh, RTS strategy game, you know, for Amiga. It's really high quality. And no one's actually mentioned Laser Squad as well. Which is uh, like uh, the predecessor of UFO, which is another, you know, like a great game. Actually, Spectrum version, in my opinion, is the mm -hmm. best. Yeah, Spectrum version is the best, I think, and it's got uh, all the missions, you know, like with Mm. additional missions as well so uh yeah and napalm yeah napalm definitely really it is, great it one. is
1: it's it uh, needs a beefy amiga to run it and i think that's probably
2: why not many people know it the graphics card uh i think oh uh, 40 yeah. should be enough so i think you know like a vampire it should fly on a vampire so we might might see a
1: resurgence in those kind of games you know the yeah the yeah. slightly heavier games
0: okay and we've got some new members actually in the group right zolta rovi david cody evans And Andy Paul Lynch, hi to everybody, you're all
1: welcome. Yeah, welcome along, guys.
3: Mm.
0: Well, that's it from us uh, for this time, I think, unless anybody has anything, anything pressing they want to say?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keep chatting away all night, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Music as always was by Virtual Dimensions and Banjo Guy Oli. And don't forget to book your
1: tickets for the Amiga Ireland 2020 while they're still available at the uh, reduced prices. Um, they're going to go up by €5 Euros once that uh, the early bird period's over. Uh, when's that end?
0: That is uh, November, I think. Okay, cool. We'll yeah, get the in there November. quick. And the song of the month, uh, continuing on the theme of Duke Nukem 3D. This is Grab Bag, which is the theme in the game, and a cover done by Vertex Guy. Thanks to Vertex Guy for his permission to use it, and uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. 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 It's time to
3: prepare for two bubble gum. and I am all out of gold. <laughs> Let's rock. I forgot all about jumpy Facebook